Welcome, I'm Rose Aguilar, and this is your Calls Media Roundtable. We begin today's show by discussing Dominion's $1.6 billion defamation lawsuit against Fox for promoting Donald Trump's lies about the 2020 presidential election, despite dismissing his claims behind the scenes. First, a quick reminder of how we got here. Dominion Voting Systems is one of three companies that make most of the voting systems in this country. Just days after the 2020 presidential election, Donald Trump's supporters and lawyers began spreading lies about Dominion rigging the election. They said Dominion was partly owned by the family of the late Venezuelan President Hugo Chavez, and Dominion software switched millions of votes from Donald Trump to Joe Biden. Conservative networks, especially Fox, gave these people a consistent platform. In October, Dominion CEO John Polus told 60 Minutes Anderson Cooper that the trouble began five days after the election when Fox host Maria Bartiromo discussed Dominion with attorney Sidney Powell. Sidney, we talked about the Dominion software. I know that there were voting irregularities. Tell me about that. That's to put it mildly, the computer glitches could not and should not have happened in, at, at all. Those, that is where the fraud took place, where they were flipping votes in the computer system or adding votes that did not exist. According to the 60 Minutes report, Donald Trump first mentioned Dominion in a tweet on November 12th. A few weeks later, he recorded a video claiming that you can press a button for Trump and the vote went to Biden. It was posted on Facebook. Trump went on to tweet or retweet more than a dozen false claims about Dominion. The campaign against Dominion led to staff receiving death threats and harassment. In late October, Dominion CEO John Poulos told 60 Minutes that the threats never stopped. This clip begins with recordings of two threats. Every single person at Dominion is going to end up in an orange jumpsuit in handcuffs. You f***ing whores. You cheating f***ing pigs. Yeah, good afternoon, scumbags. We're going to blow your f***ing building up. Piece of f***ing shit. I don't wish to sit here and, and say that this is something that happened 18 months ago. This is something that continues to happen every single day for us. Last Friday, we had an office on lockdown. Um, two days prior to that, I was on a phone call with one of our employees, who's a mother of two, um, very upset and crying. <laughs> it's hard to talk about. Had something been said to her personally? A very disgusting death threat in detail. Received? On her personal cell phone. It's completely and utterly surreal. None of these lies have been substantiated to any extent. They, they, every single one of them has been debunked. Chris Krebs was director of the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, charged with protecting the 2020 election. He called it the most secure election in American history, and days later was fired by President Trump. That's a clip from 60 Minutes in October. Dominion filed eight lawsuits seeking more than $10 billion in damages against Fox, Newsmax, Rudy Giuliani, Sidney Powell, MyPillows, Mike Lindell, and others. The lawsuit that's getting the most attention right now is the $1.6 billion suit against Fox. 
That suit has led to the seizure of personal cell phones and emails from mid-level and top Fox executives and high-paid hosts, including Sean Hannity, Laura Ingram, and Tucker Carlson. Top executives, including Rupert Murdoch and Suzanne Scott, have given depositions. Because of that information, we now know what went on behind the scenes. Fox executives and hosts all knew that what they were saying was not true, but they didn't want to lose their viewers and, more importantly, their profits. A lot of money is at stake here. Fox made $14 billion in revenue last year, and Rupert Murdoch's net worth is $19 billion. Tucker Carlson, who reportedly makes $10 million a year, expressed concerns about Fox's stock price behind the scenes. But we know that none of this is new. For decades, Fox has peddled dangerous lies about immigration, racial issues, LGBTQ people, people living in poverty, the climate crisis, and more. So will there finally be consequences, and what should they be? Joining us to discuss the latest are two guests. David K. Johnston is a Pulitzer Prize-winning investigative reporter and author of many books, including his most recent, It's Even Worse Than You Think, What the Trump Administration is Doing to America. David is the founder of the nonprofit news service, DC Report. Hi, David. Welcome back to the show. Glad to be with you, Rose. Great to have you. Chris Lehman is D.C. Bureau Chief for the Nation and contributing editor at The Baffler. He is the author of The Money Cult, Capitalism, Christianity, and the Unmaking of the American Dream. His latest piece for The Nation is called Fox News Doesn't Believe Its Own BS. Hi, Chris. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Great to have you. So I want to start off with you, David. You know, I played that clip from Dominion CEO John Poulos because with all of these revelations, it's really easy to forget that there are real life consequences to these lies. And as John said, the threats didn't stop after the election. I mean, he did that interview in October and said that they're still happening, at least in October. I'm wondering if they're still happening today. Oh, I'm sure that they are. Uh, Donald uh, recently sent around an email in which it's very clear he's calling for violence. And if and when he is indicted, most likely it looks like finally by the Manhattan District Attorney's Office, uh, you're going to see several things happen. Uh, his popularity will go up, as it did after he was impeached the first time. Uh, he will uh, play the victim card and call for retribution uh, as he's doing in the email that I mentioned and in, in other comments at, at CPAC, he did that. And the problem is the people who are uh, uh, hearing these messages from him and from Fox and places uh, even less uh, honest than Fox, they're not hearing from anybody else. And if they somehow were to pick up an honest news report, they would just dismiss that now as fake news. That's part of the genius of Donald's coming up with this fake news campaign, because uh, it doesn't require you then to give any credence to reality. David, I saw the email you're referring to. You tweeted about it. And it says the final battle to save America. Patriot, there's no way around it. 2024 is our final battle to save our country. Either we win or they do. And if the left wins, our republic is lost. And you say in your tweet, as you just said, that he's clearly calling for violence. Again. Yeah, you know, he used that same phrase, this is the last battle in 2020. I mean, there's no sort of, let's go on and find a new issue. 
But this this stuff that Fox has done here has really created a terrible problem. It is for many people natural to want to believe that which you wish was true. Now, of course, children do this, but many, many adults, unfortunately, do as well. Journalists in particular are trained and learn from experience. You can't do that. You got to go where the facts are, no matter what you think of the facts. Otherwise, because you sign your work, whether it's uh, electronically on TV with your image or, or uh, with a byline, uh, you will get crushed real soon. What are your thoughts here, Chris? I, I just think this is so important to talk about. As this rhetoric escalates, we've seen this over the years. So do the threats and the violence. Oh, absolutely. The only thing I would add to uh, David's very well-taken uh, comments is that uh, in depicting this as the last battle, um, Trump is also keen into sort of QAnon and you know the the really unhinged uh, conspiratorial wing of American evangelism, uh, which is um, you know increasingly prone to violence. So yeah, this this is a really fraught moment, and you know with um, the revelations about Fox News, you know on the one hand, um, you would hope there's enough of a um, sane um, public discourse for people to register the the acute dissonance between uh, Tucker Carlson saying privately that he hates Donald Trump passionately. And then, you know, as recently as last week, uh, providing this bowdlerized version of uh, footage from the January 6th riots to make it seem like these were all just harmless tourists. Um, But the fact of the matter is, um, you know, we, we don't inhabit that um, saying sphere of public discourse. And in fact, Fox itself does not cover the Dominion lawsuit um, because it is so profoundly embarrassing to everything um, that the network does. And I think the important thing to underline here, as you did in your introduction, is that lying about uh, politics, it really is Fox News's business model. Um, it, um, you know, the only reason Fox exists in the state it does is thanks to the repeal of the um, fairness doctrine that governed um, political views on the airwaves uh, up till the 1980s. And uh, there's now this kind of, you know, endless race to the bottom. And you see it in the documents from the Dominion suit of Fox executives and on-air personalities are terrified because they're losing viewers to one, uh, to Newsmax, um, which was gleefully, you know, um, elevating any and all um, fake conspiracy theory about the election. And, you know, again, that's when you saw Tucker Carlson up in arms about, uh, you know, the, the company's stock price, which, you know, should not be a front order concern for any responsible journalist. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't want your company to fail, but um, this uh, is an extreme example of um, monetary incentives decisively uh, crowding out any responsible news gathering. Um and it's, it is the Fox News uh, business model. We just got an email from a listener who says, can you talk about that phone hacking scandal in England? 
Uh, Sky News. Yeah. Right. And um, and Sam writes, it seems that they've skated through that without anything changing. And, and this is a good point. I'm wondering what your thoughts yeah. are on this, David, because Fox usually settles these lawsuits. Salon wrote about this and reminded us that they settled that phone hacking case with hundreds of victims. There's a history of Fox settling sexual harassment cases out of court. Uh, settlements believed to have topped a whopping $200 million. So why do you think they've allowed it to go this far? I mean, to, to think that the personal phones of top hosts were looked at by lawyers and that people like Rupert Murdoch had to give depositions. Well, you can only settle a case when both sides agree to settle. In England, which has somewhat different laws, laws that effectively protect very rich and powerful people from um, uh, their reputations, from the kind of coverage that we might see in America for misconduct, uh, you have a different uh, algebra by the lawyers. And I don't see any reason for Dominion to settle with Fox, uh, particularly uh, if they can get punitive damages in addition to actual damages. Uh, the, the, the testimony and the emails here are so stunning. And, and except for Maria Bartiromo, who's critical to this case, uh, according to a, an excellent piece in the LA Times yesterday, um, there's no bobbing and weaving. I mean, you might expect testimony to be, well, you know, in the heat of the moment, I said this and and uh, trying to somehow soften what was said. No, they're right up front um, in the in the testimony that I've, at least the portions of it that I've read about that they knew perfectly well they were lying through their teeth. I mean, journalism is the only occupation where what you are paid to do is tell the truth as best you can determine it. And yet these people have created a model where it's to tell the lie that most appeals to your audience and so I, I just I'd be surprised if if Dominion is ever willing to settle this case. And I would not be surprised if a judge eventually grants what's called summary judgment. That is, there's no issue here for us to try. Uh, Fox, you've got to pay. Uh, and then then the only issue would be how much. And because you have to litigate that issue, a judge may well say we're going to litigate this anyway. But but can you imagine a jury looking at this and where the standard is the preponderance of evidence? Uh, uh, so that's significantly more than half, but not beyond a reasonable doubt. A preponderance of evidence, they've got that cold. Well, that's the thing, David. So many First Amendment lawyers say that these defamation cases are very hard to prove. But in this case, they say De Dominion has a very strong case. Lee Levine has litigated cases for 40 years on behalf of major media companies. And he told 60 Minutes, the plaintiff has to show that the defendant published or broadcast a deliberate lie, that they knew it was a lie or probably was a lie. He says this is the strongest defamation case he has ever seen, and he's litigated hundreds. Yeah, absolutely, hands down. I, I'm not a lawyer, but I am a professor of law of many years standing. And... Of course, I've written many, many stories where I put the assets of my employer, the L.A. Times or the Mercury or the New York Times, on the line. So I've been practically through this issue of you know, accusing people of committing murders and other crimes. And there's a very careful process that you go through to make sure you haven't inadvertently gotten something wrong or not been fair or left something out. Here at Fox, 
This is just blatant, flat-out lying for profit, and the First Amendment does not protect that. Uh, one of the important things to keep in mind here, and this applies especially to Second Amendment absolutists, no constitutional right is absolute. The Supreme Court has been consistent about that throughout its history uh, when cases have come up about constitutional rights. No constitutional right is absolute. Uh, and we need to keep that in mind. Fox does not have a defense here on a First Amendment basis because this is not the government trying to censor someone. This is a commercial transaction for profit on a model that sought to profit from lying and causing actual damages, including the, the death threats mentioned to the uh, apparently single mother with two kids who simply worked at Dominion. Mm. Chris, what are your thoughts? Yeah, um, it is true and I think proper that the standard for a defamation um, verdict is is very high. You have to demonstrate malice and, and reckless disregard of the truth. And again, the the... <laughs> These documents, um, you know, which now, you know, where I think there are north of 6,500 pages of, of these <laughs> documents from uh, the discovery in this case show absolute uh, reckless disregard for the truth. You you see, you know, a Fox host or a Fox executive privately acknowledging that Sidney Powell is completely off the rails in, in these claims. And then they you know, use their enormous power and influence to amplify what she's saying. So that is, you know, I don't see how you can interpret that as anything other than reckless disregard of the, the truth. Um, and I think, that, you know, the malice is also part of it. You you are, uh, you know, sort of pursuing the malicious agenda of a uh, president who doesn't want to be a, a one-term president and will you know, bring down our democracy in, in the process. So yeah, there, um, there is, I think a, um, not trivial prospect as David mentioned that a judge could, could grant the summary judgment motion that Dominion has filed in this case. It's also important to note, and, and I haven't heard this until I heard the interview with John Polis of Dominion, David, he said that, or maybe I forgot about it, but he said Dominion sent over hundreds of fact sheets to Fox hosts who invited Rudy Giuliani and Sidney Powell on night after night, and they just continued. He said that government officials sent them the papers, fact sheets. Trump administration officials sent them fact sheets, and they never, ever retracted their reporting. Right. Well, I wouldn't call it reporting. Uh, oh, let, yeah, let's thank not you. Yeah. Be fair to actual journalism. <laughs> thank you, David. Yes, yes. The, the, um, yes, and that's more, uh, that just adds to the amount of damning evidence here. And one more thing that's come out that's just fascinating. If, if you read about uh, who the woman is who Sidney Powell relied on <laughs> for her claims, clearly this is a deeply mentally ill individual who believes she was shot in the back and magically healed and that. Uh, the wind talks to her and, and, and other crazy things. And Bartiromo testified that she believed Sidney Powell, even though she was aware of this. That raises a really deep question about Bartiromo, who, who is a little different in her approach. That's why the story in the LA Times, which I hope you put up on your, uh, on your feed after we get off the air, I can send you a link. It's behind a paywall, so I don't know if people can get to it. But 
that story in the LA Times on why Bartiromo is crucial to the legal strategy here. And you know, I, I've talked to a number of other investigative reporters and edit, editors who do and don't do investigative work in the last couple of weeks, and we're all mystified by the legal strategy here yeah. of Fox. Because you would, as I said earlier, you would expect some bobbing and weaving and trying to explain it away, and they're not doing that. The best argument I've heard from one of the best editors I know is – uh, at the end of the day, Fox will sacrifice all of its executives that it has to and its hosts to protect the empire and the family. That certainly is consistent with, uh, you know, what we often see in litigation. Right. Well, and so, David, I read that L.A. Times piece. And for people who maybe have not been following the Bartiromo piece of this, um, she said she was completely depressed over the results of the election. She sent Steve Bannon a text and said, I want to see massive fraud exposed. Will Trump be able to turn this around? I told my team we're not allowed to say president-elect, not in scripts, not in banners on air until this moves through the courts. So it seems like the other three think that this is all you know, a joke. They don't believe any of it, but it sounds like she's a believer. Um, yes, I agree. And, and um, legally, that's going to make this very interesting if it goes to trial and how the Dominion lawyers, who quite a quite a remarkable job in the quality of the uh, depositions that they've taken, the way they framed questions uh, at the end of the day. You know, back almost eight years ago now, I said that if Donald Trump got to the White House, he would never leave peacefully. And so let me expand on that. If Donald Trump somehow, and I don't believe he can do it this time, I was the one who said eight years ago he, he, he might get to the White House. I don't think he can get back in the White House. But if he did, he will be president for life. He will not give up the White House. We will have to remove him by violence. That's how serious this matter is. And I don't understand people who have gone through a college education where they're supposed to get some critical thinking skills, not recognizing that Donald Trump wants to be our dictator, has no regard for our laws, and will do anything, including burning down the country. Mm. The one positive in this is, you know, the biggest talk show host is Tucker Carlson. His audience is 1% at most on the biggest nights, 1% of the American public. We are all having to put up with nonsense from a fringe group of people who are threatening our democracy. Uh, and their, their influence is way out of proportion to their numbers. Oh, such a good point. Chris, what are your thoughts on that to David's point about the influence they have and then just how dangerous this is? Yeah, I mean, they, they are, um, you know, in, in the bigger picture, um, much less influential. Uh, but I think you also have to allow that they are an indispensable element of the Republican uh, electoral machine. Um, you know, Ron DeSantis announced his gubernatorial campaign on Fox and Friends back in 2018. And uh, you see right now, even, you know, Fox is kind of leveraging all this coverage to DeSantis away from Trump as sort of a belated um, initiative to serve as kingmakers. And the fact is, during the primary season, where um, the GOP um, extreme base is most influential, um, that's when Fox has the loudest voice. So uh, I definitely take David's point. You know, it's it's also the case that, like, um, 
I think in seven of the last eight elections, presidential elections, uh, the Republican candidate did not win a majority vote, but we also don't live in a democracy that way, right? So we do have to um, definitely um, look at the larger picture here, which is what is the role of journalism in a democracy? It is to create an informed electorate. Um, and, you know, there are reams of writings from the founders uh, about this. And uh, we now have to reckon with something um you know, very baleful, which is um, the journalistic apparatus at Fox is creating the opposite of an informed electorate. It is lying to people about what is happening in the country and what the vital interests of the country are. Um, it has been doing so for a quarter century. Um, you know, it will be um, interesting to see uh, if uh, Dominion yeah, pre prevails. Um, whether, um, you know, the one uh, $1.6 billion verdict or a, a larger punitive one will really alter anything. I mean, you already saw in the midst of all this, Kevin McCarthy handed over those 40,000 hours of footage of the January 6th insurrection to Tucker Carlson to vet and distort. Um, so, um, yes, they are both um, uh, not... A, they don't represent a majority of the American um, electorate, but they are still um, incredibly powerful and influential. We're going to take a quick break, and we're getting a lot of emails, so we'll bring up your questions in a couple of minutes. Chris Lehman is D.C. Bureau Chief for the Nation and contributing editor at The Baffler. He's the author of The Money Cult, Capitalism, Christianity, and the Unmaking of the American Dream. David K. Johnston is a Pulitzer Prize-winning investigative reporter, founder of the nonprofit news service DC Report, and the author of several best-selling books, including his most recent, It's Even Worse Than You Think, What the Trump Administration is Doing to America. This is Your Calls Media Roundtable. We'll be back after this. This is Your Calls Media Roundtable. We are discussing Dominion's $1.6 billion defamation lawsuit against Fox for promoting Donald Trump's lies about the 2020 presidential election. And now we know... Thanks to lawyers looking at the personal cell phones and emails of top hosts, mid-level and top executives, that m most of the hosts, with the exception of Maria Bartiromo, did not believe what they were saying. We're joined today by David K. Johnston, a Pulitzer Prize winning investigative reporter, Chris Lehman, D.C. Bureau Chief for The Nation. Before we get to calls and emails, I want to ask you both one more question. Chris, in one of your latest pieces, you talk about... How this is not new. Of course, we know that. You talk about the invasion of Iraq, Fox's countless iterations of the so-called War on Christmas, the urban mm -hmm. folk tales about the Black Panthers shutting down polling places, to dog whistles. Uh, Media Matters just put out a new report about how Fox pushed anti-Black narratives every single day of Black History Month. All of the fear-mongering over critical race theory. For years, they have spread lies about the climate crisis. So none of this is new. What are your thoughts about how we can expand the conversation? Because the cable shows love MSNBC is loving this, but they're not really expanding the conversation. Yeah, I, again, I think one way to expand the conversation is to return to these basic questions of what is the role of a free press in a democracy? Um, you know, and it is, again, to create an informed citizenry, to tell the truth, as David was saying earlier. Um, and 
yeah, you know, you would like, you know, you would like to see a world where, you know, all the many, you know, I think during one month, uh, the New York Times did this study a while back. Um, there were something like 4,000 adverse mentions of critical race theory on Fox. Um, and, you know, those were all false. <laughs> and those are all part of this broader ideological project to whip up white resentment um, in service of the political agenda of the right. Uh, it's actually a story that goes back to the rise of uh, what was then called the new right in the 1970s and 1980s. You had these mail order barons like Richard Vigory and Paul Weyrich who were using um, – you know, mailing lists for fraudulent investment schemes and, um, you know, quack health cures to um, create this new formation of uh, political activism on the right. And it's been the case. All, there's a reason Mike Lindell, the, the MyPillow, I, I haven't slept on a MyPillow. I don't want to. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's, it's a dodgy marketing scheme that um, feeds right into this weird combination we have on the right of kind of um, opportunistic scams uh, in the commercial sphere and lying in the political sphere. They overlap completely. And as we're seeing in all this Dominion evidence, they create this, you know, sort of irresistible um, incentive um, to continue packaging lies to a credulous public that is going to um, enrich um the producers of this um, fraudulent product. What are your thoughts, David? Well, first of all, Chris, who, by the way, has written a couple of really good books that deal with the issues about what's happening in America is spot on. And the the new right entrepreneurs like Vigory and Weirich in the 70s were absolutely the godfathers of this rise of marketing this way. Um, I, I'm deeply troubled by how uh, people who call themselves Christians are embracing this. People who, uh, when you listen to them talk, are promoting hatred, retribution, and revenge, all things that if you believe in, you cannot, by definition, be a Christian. You can call yourself one, but you are not. And they're the, 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 really disturbing part of this is is how many people don't have a moral core to understand these sorts of issues. Uh, and people like Donald Trump, a man who has no regard for anyone but himself and no regard for our Constitution and is himself filled with, with hate and avarice, uh, that these people are following him tells us something's very deeply off in our culture. And we have a number. I, I oh, have to uh, just quickly weigh in here because uh, David is talking about the subject of my last book, <laughs> the money cult. Yeah. Um, the money cult. And, uh, Donald Trump is, an, I believe, a sincere diehard acolyte of positive thinking, um, the positive thinking gospel by Norman Vincent Peale. Uh, Peale was the Trump family's minister. He presided over uh, Donald's first wedding. Um, and, you know, I think the way to understand, you know, what is at, at the core of what we're talking about here, the lies about the election, um, Norman Vincent Peale preached, you have to co constantly re reiterate the mantra of personal success in your head until it becomes true. And I would cement yep. uh, Donald Trump's lies about the election all stem from the fact that he cannot 
bear to uh, believe that he is a loser. Um, and, you know, it is bizarre and it's sort of an only in America kind of story that um, that delusional belief system came very close to bringing down the Republic on January 6th. Before we end this segment, I just want to bring up a few questions that are related from listeners. Uh, Robert, I'm sorry, we don't have time for your call, but Robert asks, if there was still the fairness doctrine, Fox wouldn't happen. As Stefan writes, as punishment for their actions regarding their lies, can Fox reporters have their credentials revoked for a period of time so they can't have the access privileges that legitimate journalists have to the White House? Also, can Fox anchors be forced to admit on their shows in prime time that they lie to their audiences? Nick says, aren't there certain minimum standards that broadcasters have to uphold in order to keep broadcasting their license? It seems they've crossed the line. David, we're getting a lot of questions like these. Yeah, so this is the important thing to understand. And I'm the only journalist in American history who caused a broadcast chain to be forced off the air for doing the kinds of things Fox is doing. Um, uh, almost 50 years ago, but I did my, my reporting did it. Fox isn't subject to the fairness doctrine if it were in effect, because Fox is not a broadcaster using the public airwaves. It's on cable. There is no regulation of cable. And so that's not going to affect them one bit. There are, however, some things that I think could be done. Pressure could be put on the cable companies to not carry Fox. They'll resist it, but I think that's a, a good area to go after them commercially. Uh, the White House Correspondents Association has a limited number of seats in the White House press room, and there are other people who'd like those seats, and I can see an argument for, and I've written in favor of uh, removing them from the White House press room because the White House Correspondents Association says it's there to promote, quote, excellence in journalism, not excellence in lying. So the, the remedy about being over the air, forget about it. It wouldn't affect Fox if we restored the, the fairness doctrine. And we should say that Fox Weekend host Howard Kurtz is the only host who's addressed this issue, these lies. And he told viewers that he's not allowed to talk about it. He said, I don't agree with this. If it changes, I'll let you know. Uh, Chris, your final thoughts with all of these questions we're getting about consequences? Yeah, I mean, these are all uh, really important questions, especially, you know, if it proves out that as in the um, Roger Ailes and Bill O'Reilly sexual harassment cases, you know, Fox has, um, I'm sure, libel insurance um, and may be able to take a $1.6 billion hit and and carry on. So that does create the question. We are, we are still stuck with this problem, right? <laughs> um, and I do think uh, the measures David mentioned are a really good place to start. I think um, the vast majority of Fox's revenue does come from being packaged in um, standard cable billing. It was There was a big battle, actually, when Fox got off the air in the 90s, and Rudy Giuliani got them onto the New York um, cable service back then when they otherwise, um, you know, weren't teed up for that. So um, I think money is the only... Um, it's sad to say, but it's the only sort of coercive force uh, for something like this. So if if you can create disincentives that are as powerful um, as the present incentives that Fox and its executives have to lie, um, I think that's that's the most promising avenue of change. Rose, just very quickly, sure. anticipate 
a lawsuit by shareholders against Fox. Yeah. Uh, there will be a lawsuit at some yeah. point against Fox by its shareholders. Wow. All right. David K. Johnston is a Pulitzer Prize-winning investigative reporter and author of many books, including his most recent, It's Even Worse Than You Think, What the Trump Administration is Doing to America. David is founder of the nonprofit news service, DC Report. Thank you again so much, David. We'll have you back soon. Thank you. Thank you. Chris Lehman is DC Bureau Chief for the Nation, contributing editor at The Baffler, and author of The Money Cult, Capitalism, Christianity, and the Unmaking of the American Dream. Chris, thank you so much for joining us. We'd love to have you back. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you. And you can find links to all the stories that we mentioned today at yourcallradio.org.